Hey, how are you? <laughs> I didn't realize it was time for me to go to work. I was enjoying people out front. Pat, how old are you? 80 years old. And what did you do? Well, okay, well, that's good. Right? We're glad you're here, Pat. But he's not recently 80. He's been 80 ever since he turned 80. But the, that was just the setup. What did you do yesterday? He rode his bike in the L Tour and did 60, what, three miles? Yeah, 62 and a half. That's really impressive. We won't ask Eric how old he is because he's a much younger man, but you did how many miles? 102 miles. And they both finished, but if you see him walking like this, don't point it out, right? If they drop anything at any point, pick it up for him because uh, probably pretty seized up. Yesterday, I went out to ride my bike, and it was raining. So I went a quarter of a mile and turned around because I didn't sign up for anything. All right, let's get uh, prayed up, and we've got some, uh, some fun things to talk about, and then we end with Bosa Donuts today. So let's get prayed up. Heavenly Father, we ask that you be in this place in a way where we can feel you. May we feel the Spirit. It's an odd request, but Lord, we need to see you because, well, we've seen enough of ourselves and it would be an absolute life changer if we could not only grasp, but experience the Spirit of God at work in our lives in this world. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. As you feel comfortable, let's stand back up and greet those around you. That? Oh, okay. All right. Well, just talk among yourselves because the iPad's back here. So, uh... all right. Uh, hey, Glenn, raise your hand. We'll just run the show from back here today. But Glenn right there has been a pastor for 40 years, and you've met Glenn and Lynn in Bible studies. And uh, next week, Glenn has the finish to the gratitude series. And I was just thinking, 40 years of ministry, he's lived on the East Coast, the Midwest. Well, he's been in California. But still, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. But how many sermons on a Sunday has he given? He's written books. He's done a 1,000 midweek Bible studies. And he finishes up next week the Gratitude series with Passover. And I was just thinking, what are the odds that's just going right off the rails? Well, I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out next week. That's not funny to you guys? See, I set up... I, that's nothing. See, I set up all this great stuff and right up. Well, all right. So we'll find out next week. And it's the gratitude series. Oh, hey, Gabe, blue shirt, Gabe, come up here really quick. So if you've been here before, you've heard me talk about Gabe, the Christian counselor. If you got trouble, I don't go see Gabe. Gabe knows stuff. Come here, come here, come here. So just really quick, I wanted you to know who Gabe was. See, they've got their own church, but he was kind enough to show up today. So, uh, so this is Gabe. Everybody say, hi, Gabe. Hi. All right. Don't, don't ask him for a review on me right now. But afterwards, after the hatred goes away, uh, so if you've if you got stuff going on, go talk to Gabe. He's, uh, he's, darn, he's darn helpful. And, uh, and, uh, and he's entrepreneurial, which is great. And we got another counselor here, Stacy. Make sure you guys talk before you leave. Yeah, Stacy's out there. But Stacy's at one of those really expensive Tucson places that you can't afford. You know what I'm saying? It's where people from around the world come. 
because they want a fancy vacation and their mom and dad want to pay $45,000 a month to uh, try to get them better, and that's Stacy's job. So, uh, so I never recommend Stacy because a few of you can afford it, but uh, not the rest of us. All right, I'm thankful that Glenn is doing the sermon next week because this week, do you have Thanksgiving plans? I've talked to a couple of you. I know you do because we'll be with you. So a few years ago, a lot of years ago, we've been married a long time, I forget how old I am, my uh, very southern hot chick wife and I went to my very uh, New York family's Thanksgiving, and Jenny is still bitter about this. My mom was British, my dad was Jewish, and have, there are no British Jewish restaurants. You know what I'm saying? We need an Italian mixed in or something. So it was a step above sandwiches, but not a big enough step above sandwiches for Jenny to really be excited. The way a New York Thanksgiving works is there's more people than chairs because everybody's busy. They're cycling through. You sit down, you tell a funny story, and you hit the road. We're done with you. We, that's all we needed. Jenny was not a fan of this Thanksgiving, so we've never gotten to participate in another one of my family Thanksgivings. So now we go up to the Polar Express with friends and have a great time, and and it's delightful. And usually I'm a little bit stressed about, uh, about getting back for Sunday because we're having a really great time up there. And I'm afraid the old van won't make it down from Flagstaff or uh, there'll be snow, kind of hope for snow. One year there was great snow. But you never know. But this week, this time Glenn has it, and so I just get to sit in the back. And last week was pastor appreciation. Thanks for Patty putting that together. And there was lots of sugar and some cash, and there was fancy tea, which I hate to admit I really enjoy. One of you knows that. And, and uh, that was great. The coffee is all a sham. I just drink that to pretend I, I belong. But I really, I like, I like tea. So today we're talking about saying thank you. Those of you who have kids, we spend a lot of effort. What do you say? That's how it works. It's just an automatic response from the kids. Are they grateful? No. You remember your mom teaching you? What do you say? Thank you. Some of us are old enough, half the room, where our parents made us write thank you notes at Christmas. We, we tried this tradition at our kids. Eh, eh, we're still working through it. Mixed success. But we used to have to sit down and write a thank you note. Dear Grandpa, this was a lot less than I think you could have given me. I will try to find a way. It, it was slightly different, but say thank you. Now, most of us say, well, first of all, there's enough nonsense going on in the world. I'm afraid if I say thank you, it will imply that uh, I'm on board with a lot of this. No, I'm not saying thank you. I would say thank you if I got more thank yous myself. I would say thank you if, uh, if there wasn't so much not to be thankful Four, which is sort of like the thing we like to do. I'll put wood on the fire once the fire is roaring, right? Oh, I've got to put the wood in and start it first. Oh, right. Actions before results is what we're talking about today. And that incredible phrase, thank you. You know what's really tough to do when somebody gives you a compliment? First of all, can you remember the last compliment you got? I had to go back a ways. But somebody will come up and say, hey, that's a great shirt or great talk or I like your shoes or you did something. And it's just difficult to just say thank you. It's tough to be gracious. We always want to explain it. 
oh, yeah, yeah these are great. They're, uh, they just want to thank you. It's tough to say thank you. So today, we're going back 2,000 years. Jesus is out for a walk with his friends. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, notice the capital M, have mercy on us. Leprosy is skin disease. We don't have this anymore. Well, we do in the Western culture. It's called Hansen's disease, and if you get diagnosed with Hansen's disease, they can fix it pretty easily. In other parts of the world, leprosy is still an issue. But in this part of the world, eh, it's not really a thing. Used to have a coworker that had uh, tuberculosis. And other than the rest of us announcing it all the time, she did pretty well with it. Didn't really come up in life for her. That would be like leprosy. Although every time we had to do the uh, insurance re-enrollment, you know that leprosy, that tuberculosis thing? That was always, that always got weird for her. But otherwise, other than insurance wanting to drop her every, every year, that's what leprosy is now. Let's go back 2,000 years. It changed everything. It was a contagious disease, so that's why they stood far away. And it affected your eyesight, affected your breathing. And if you've ever seen a picture of modern leprosy for somebody, everybody could tell. It wasn't a little eczema in the upper part of your arm. It was leprosy. So you didn't get to be part of the church community anymore. Some of you are thinking, well, really? I just have to get leprosy and I don't have to come to church? No, this was a big deal. This was a big deal to be part of the community. You were excluded. You lost your job. You probably lost your family. You, you were just gone. And we had that innate need for relationship. If yours isn't going well, go talk to Gabe. But we have an innate need to have the best part of your life, people. Worst part of your life, people. That's why Gabe has a job. So that innate need we were created with by God brought these ten together. C.S. Lewis says the beginning of every friendship relationship is what? You too? I thought I was the only one. Well, when it came to leprosy, you were, you were the only one. And if you, you can't give it to somebody who already has it, so they were together and there were 10 of them. And they obviously had been praying for healing because you would be. And then Jesus strolls by. They're at a distance because they're contagious. And they shout out, Master, very very respectful to Jesus. Heal us. Verse 14, Jesus looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. Now, this is a crazy request from Jesus. If you don't have crazy requests from Jesus, you will. We think it's kumbaya. That's not Christianity at all. It's not following Jesus at all. He ended up dead on a cross. What are the odds that the comfortable life we're shooting for is in the cards? It's not. But God has all of eternity to turn all of the bad into something good. That's what the Bible says. Not that today is going to be carefree. So he looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And lepers can't go to the temple. One of the hardest things is you're kicked out of society. And now Jesus is saying, go see the priest, right? You pull up your sleeve and say, see, my leprosy is gone. And the priest declares you clean, physically and ceremonially clean. Well, this is great. But I'm not, I'm not clean yet. I still have leprosy. I asked you to heal me, and now you're sending me to see the priest. And if this doesn't work, I'm just, we're just 10 lepers walking through town breaking the law. You've got to put the f wood on the fire 
right? Activity before results. And Jesus could have done the instantly healed. Did not. Do you find this with Jesus? Yeah, it drives me crazy too. Lord, I'd like you to fix this situation. Well, no, I don't want to fix the situation. I want you to fix the situation. All right, well, go to the temple and see what the priest said. They were very bold to ask Jesus, and now Jesus, instead of saying, I want to respect the fact that your, your faith has healed you. We'll get to it. That's what Jesus says. Your faith has healed you. Yeah, I've got faith in you to heal me. Do it. Go see the, the priest. All right, so... Ten men with terrible disease are now breaking the law, walking through town. As they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Can you just imagine these poor guys? They're walking along. I hope this works. We're going to, well, you can't get arrested, right? Because then you'll infect the, they're just wandering along, a little bit whiny probably, at least I would be. And on their way, they get healed. Verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. One of them came back to Jesus. Why would the others not make the effort? Well, you already know this one. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to know this one. What are they thinking? Is this permanent? I wonder if my wife is remarried. I wonder if the kids will remember me. I wonder if I get my job back. I wonder how long this will last before I get more bad news. They were on to the next thing. One of them came back. All of those are fair concerns. This one had the same concern. Did you see the end of the Tom Hanks movie where he had the, the volleyball, right? Knocks on the door. Somebody else answers, right? Is she going to remember? Are the kids going to remember? All fair questions. Verse 16. The other nine got on with life. This one is about to, but first he says thank you, and he says it really loud. You know loud thank yous? Verse 16, he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking Jesus for what he had done. And then there's this great sentence. This man was a Canadian, right? Can I get an amen? <laughs> also could have been a Californian. This man was a Samaritan. The reason why Jesus told the good Samaritan story is it was such a shock that there was a good one, right? When you see a California plate, do you assume this is going to be a respectful driver? No. You just brace yourself for being cut off. That's how they thought of the Samaritans. They both thought of themselves as God's people. They both lived in the, the holy land. There was a dividing line. You know how we do. Morana, South Tucson, Vale, East Side. Nobody knows where the East Side is. I don't know. It's vague. But foothills, oh, you live in Midtown. You choose to live in Midtown. You don't look like someone who's been recently shot, and yet you're still in Midtown. That's the problem they had. Now, we've learned uh, such lessons, difficult for us to imagine, because we've learned such great lessons from things like World War II. You don't get mad at somebody. You don't have a separation from somebody just because they vote differently. That would be crazy. But back then, they would discount humanity just because of who they were. Verse 17, Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Weren't there... Weren't there this loud thank you is going on, and Jesus rhetorically asked, didn't I heal ten? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Do you know how funny Jesus is? We miss it all the time, don't we? Ooh, foreigner, yeah. It's Bible comedy. Foreigner, Jesus is pointing out, I thought you people said they were the problem. 
thought you people said they were unworthy. But what I notice is by their actions, this, mean, this, this guy seems pretty great to me. He came back. Just going by actions here, but I like this guy. Also intriguing to note, Jesus wants to hear thank you. Doesn't that seem important to know? Because something good happens, or something isn't as bad as it could have been. You pray, and it's less bad as a result, and we just go on. We forget to be thankful. One of my old guy friends, I'm now becoming one of them, but I love my old guy friends, and, and he was mugged. It's his own fault. He was, you know, being an idiot in a part of town where you shouldn't have your wallet out. He had his wallet out. And so somebody came up and punched him, which is what happens because it stuns you. And then he took the wallet and ran. So the old guy's telling me the story. And he knows I'm going to tell him he's an idiot, right? I'm not blaming the victim. I'm just telling him it was his fault. You know what I'm saying? You know, he knew better. You don't have your wallet out at this part of town. And he said, I'm thankful I wasn't more seriously hurt. This guy had been in the military. One punch, that's nothing. And you see this nose, right? One punch, you can handle one punch. It's the repeated punches that I really don't care for. So he got punched, but it wasn't, it didn't break anything. It didn't even fall down. It just, you know, nobody wants to be punched. And he was, he said he was thankful that it was only his money for the day that was taken. Cancel the credit card. It was just his money for the day. We sent our 11-year-old up to Phoenix on a school trip to the Heritage Festival. You go up and you watch the reenactments and and she wanted to take a $10 bill from, from her wallet. I said, great, but you got to put it in your sock. She said, why would I do that? I said, because you're going to Phoenix. <laughs> Talk about Samaritans. Put it in your sock, girl. And she did. She said, I'm not going to put it on the bottom because that would make it smelly. I'm just going to slide it down the side. All right, you do you, but... That's where you keep your, your money. He had his money out, and he got punched, and his wallet was stolen. He was thankful it was only that day's money, right? He didn't empty his bank account, cancel a credit card. And, uh, and then he said this crazy thing. He said, I was thankful I wasn't the one doing the stealing. Maybe you should tell me more about your childhood, because I think I've missed the part where you were stealing where you were punching people. And he said, well, no, but he said, Ted, just like you, I grew up in a neighborhood where that would have been an easy option, and I'm thankful I chose differently, and it wasn't me that at this stage of life is doing the stealing. Huh. There's always reasons to be thankful. Do we notice them? I love Zig Ziglar. He's gone now, but he was a motivational speaker. And when I was a teenager, somebody wise said, come with me, we're going to hear Zig Ziglar, the motivational speaker. And I said, why would I do that? He said, because it'll be helpful, it'll change your life. And I was way too busy as a 17-year-old to go hear somebody talk. Can I get an amen? Then years later, I got introduced to Zig Ziglar's stuff on, on well, now it's digital. And... I think the best thing I could have done was to not go hear Zig when I was 17 because I don't know if I would have appreciated it. Now I always regret that I didn't go, and so I listen to Zig all the time. I fall asleep listening to old Zig Ziglar stuff. And he tells this story. This woman came up to him and said, okay, you always talk about this positive speaking, positive thinking. She said, what about people like me? I hate my job, and I work with a bunch of morons. And Zig said to her, do they pay you at this job? And she said, 
Well, yeah, they pay me really well. And Zig said, get out a piece of paper and write down all the things you're thankful for. And she said, well, that would be easy. One, they pay me. They didn't, I wouldn't go. And Zig said, well, if you didn't pay me, I wouldn't have been here, so I can't be mad at you about that. But do they pay you pretty well? And she said, yeah, they pay me, you know, actually really well. I said, do you get benefits at that job? I said, yeah. In fact, uh, good benefits. It's a big company. And my husband just was sick, and the insurance covered all that really well. I said, do you get vacation? She said, yeah, I've reached the stage. I get a lot of vacation. It's really good. She said, most years I don't even take all of it. And he said, uh, how long uh, is the commute? They pay you pretty well. Do you have a nice house? And she said, yeah, it's a really nice house. Is it a long commute? She said, no, it's a really reasonable commute. He said, uh, do they ask for your input at this job or they just tell you what to do? She said, no, no, they're really good. They, I've reached a stage where I know stuff and they always take my input. And she ended up listing 22 things about this job that she liked. And so he gave her the card and said, well, you contact me in a month and tell me how the job is going. And so a month later she said, you know what? I'm really enjoying this job, and my coworkers have gotten a lot smarter. <laughs> right? There's always things to focus on. We've talked about, in the middle, are we going to focus on the railroad track aspect of life, the ups and the downs? Have you ever had things go really well for a while? And what do you think? Ooh, I know trouble's coming. Remember when we were the hot chick and I, that one? Hi, Brianna. Next to Brianna. That's Joel's hot chick. Not my worry. Mine... We met in Kansas City. You want to drop a New Yorker into the Christian community of Kansas City. In my personal experience, what happens is you get invited to leave the country. And I got to go to London for a while. But I came back because I wanted her. So we found, you know what? I'm going to skip that story because I think it's going to make me cry. And I'm not in the mood to do that right now. So we're going to move on to uh, we want to be thankful for the good things. There's always things to be thankful for. The ups and the downs. I'll tell you this one. There's a guy at the seminary, and his wife said, we prayed, Lord, send us anywhere but Indiana. Where'd they spend the next 20 years of their life? Indiana. Had a great time. They loved it. We think, Lord, I'm not sure I can trust you. I'm not, if you send me to Indiana, I'm not going to be that thankful. Well, they were. We focus on things are good, and then we think, well, we know the bad things are coming. And Rick Warren, California guy, says it's a railroad track. There's always good things and there's always challenges. Which one are you going to focus on? The answer is both, but let's not forget the good things. We've talked about in the middle of a situation, we're in the middle of the plot of our own story. The 11-year-old at our house, if there's plot, she's out. We get to watch the beginning of the Disney movie, and then we get to skip to the end where all, it's all resolved. The middle part, she's out. She's not interested in plot. Well, that's how we are. We don't like the plot. We don't like where it gets dangerous. We've, we've, met the, we've met the character. The main character is us. We like the main character. We're rooting for him like you can't believe. And then the plot happens, and the, and, and the main character has to overcome. And that's where we spend our life. In the battlefield of good and evil, we know good wins, but not yet. They were up at the Heritage Festival, the 11-year-olds, and Kate's standing there. And her friend Lydia is standing right next to her. And they really got into it. And the battle was going on. The Civil War battle was going on. And they'd met their character. And their character got shot right in front of them. Bam! He was down. And Lydia yells, oh no! Our fat guy died! Well, 
I think there's a mixture of good and bad in that statement. Can I get an amen? She cared. We'll give her that. Hopefully felt the sacrifices have been made on our behalf. Maybe less uh, descriptive opinions are needed right then, but there's always good. There's always bad. There's always people on our side. If we put in the work, there's always people are going to cause us grief. In the middle of our plot, we label things good or bad. How many people are at the foot of the cross and Jesus died? And they're like, oh, God just lost. Well, it turns out that is the crux of it all. The reason why the Bible gets to say that God will turn, for those who love him, the bad into the good, is he's got all of eternity to turn it into good. All those chairs, except for those two, all those chairs are empty because all the teenagers are in right now leading the songs for little kids. Well, I don't know where you grew up, but I didn't grow up around that stuff. They're, they're, they're coming back in. We'll see how many of them we get. There's always reasons to be thankful. There's always reasons to not be. Jesus said, how come I only got one to come back? Well, because they were on to other things. Verse 19, Jesus said to the man, stand up. Remember he was doing the loud thank you? Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. That's always what Jesus says. Your faith has healed you. Just not the way we want it to be. Jesus didn't just go abracadoom. He said, go see the priest. Go show yourself to the priest. Okay, but if this doesn't work, it's not going to work. What about all the other questions? Job, wife, kids, will it happen again? Great questions. Reasonable, fair questions. No guarantees this side of heaven. However, the very next thing Dr. Luke wrote down for us is this. Verse 20. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Hey, smart guy. When's the kingdom of God coming? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is. It's over there. Right? There's not one thing you can do in life, and that fixes everything. For the kingdom of God is already among you. That's it. That's where we're stopping today. The kingdom of God is already among you. Really? This is it? No, this isn't heaven. This isn't the finale. The kingdom of God is among you because it's Jesus. The kingdom of God is already among you. Didn't you, can you just picture Jesus? I'm standing right here. Didn't you just see me heal 10 lepers? Can you do that? Doesn't that seem like a pretty God event? Do we see the kingdom of God at work right here? Doesn't that look like something that God in sandals would do? 10 lepers healed. The reason we have to be thankful this Thanksgiving season is because Jesus is who he says he is. And Jesus is healing for relationship. Are relationships difficult? Yes. Not for Jenny. She's got it easy. But for the rest of us, relationships are the challenge of this life. Managing ourselves and making it work with those around us. But Jesus said the whole point of life is to love God, trust God is at work. To love God and love those around us. The reason to be thankful this Thanksgiving is we have to trust that Jesus is who he says he is, which gives us the reason to be thankful that this isn't all there is. It takes all of eternity. God has all of eternity to work out the good. C.S. Lewis, I love C.S. Lewis, Christian, uh, reluctant Christian writer. If you think of this world as a place simply intended for our happiness, you find it quite intolerable. Amen. If you think of this world as a place for training and correction, 
It's not so bad. Well, yeah, but I don't want it to be a place of training and correction. I want it to be intended for my happiness. So we'll finish up here. You know this. Grateful people are less stressed because it's hard to be stressed and grateful at the same time. You find yourself really stressed out, full of anxiety, go talk to Gabe. At some point, he's going to have you talk about what's right. If you're not getting along with the person you've committed your life to and you go talk to Gabe, one of the things he's going to have you do is list out the reasons you fell in love with him in the first place. To focus intentionally on what we're grateful for. Being grateful gets the eyes off ourselves and our problems and onto other people. And one of the great sources of meaning, maybe fundamentally the source of meaning in this world, is to solve problems for God's other children with the gifts he's given us. To have our place in this world. And instead of looking at what we don't have, to focus on what we do have. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for this life. And forgive us so we don't love it enough. Would you be at work this week in our lives? Thanksgiving may it actually be part of our life. If there's somebody here today who doesn't know you, maybe this is the day that ABC approach to the relationship with you. A is to admit that we are sinners. We are building our own kingdom, which would be okay, but then we miss yours. B is to believe that Jesus is the one who makes us worthy of the kingdom of God, who makes us worthy of the throne room of God. And C is to choose this day to live like a child of the King. It's in your name that we pray. And everybody said, Amen.